0: This week's episode of Aliens Explored is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Dee Nandwani. Dee, thank you very much for signing up to our Patreon page. Uh, This allows us to to do what we love most and produce the material that we know that you all love to hear. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored. See what tiers are available and the range of gifts and offers that uh, we can provide at the various tiers. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored. And thanks once again to Dean Nandwani for signing up to become one of our patrons.
1: Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there.
0: And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Contrails are those white trails we see in the sky, left by aircraft flying at a high altitude. Usually, they dissipate within minutes. So what would account for a perfect, unbroken contrail extending from Antarctica to the North Pole? Was it really left by a vehicle capable of travelling that distance in a matter of minutes? Join us on Aliens Explored as we investigate the mysterious 2018 Pole-to-Pole contrail. Welcome back,
1: listeners, to yet another episode of Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast for strange and mysterious happenings with UFOs, UAPs, aliens, extraterrestrials, extradimensional beings, maybe the time travelers. Who knows what the hell they are? I certainly don't. And I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. <laughs> and,
0: and I'm your equally clueless host, Neil <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, staying safe, staying well,
1: staying safe. That is good to hear. Um, mm. A lot of people, of course, are not at the moment uh, as we're recording this um,
0: halfway through March. Well, I think uh, I think you you tend I tend to skate on thinner ice than you. Um, uh, I've, I've been out I've been out yeah. working, traveling on public transport, mixing with all sorts of people. Yes. Well you've had COVID so, though, haven't you? Um well I think I have. I thought I got it right at the start back in March or April twenty twenty. Um I, I just I had this cough that lasted for weeks and weeks as wouldn't go away. And then when I had my first vaccine, I had a really strong reaction to it. I was lying in bed freezing cold nothing I could do to get warm I couldn't put anything on me or on the bed to get warm I was I was shaking so much the bed yeah, the I was keeping the wife awake because the bed was shaking my teeth were chattering and then the next day I was just I was just kind of wiped out I was just kept falling asleep and uh, someone told me that that's a sign that you've had it because your body has recognized the virus and gone into full-on yeah, man the barricades mode. But is this one of the
1: many, many medical experts on Facebook? Um,
0: no, this was. <laughs> or was, yeah.
1: it, or was it an actual medical expert?
0: Um, it was the pharmacist. Ne- next time, okay. I went, when, when I went okay. for my when I went for my second jab a few months later, um, and he said, "Yeah, this reaction probably won't be anywhere near like as that." But yeah, that's a sign that yeah, your body recognised the virus.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll, but, you know, I'll, I'll trust the word of a pharmacist. Yeah, I mean, so, there is uh, so many people. Mm. I, I, that just shows how jaded I am. <laughs> mm.
0: But also, I mean, it makes a kind of sense that mm. that your body will react to react to a vaccine like that. I mean, uh, normally, I mean, hmm. flu vaccines people often get sick with, don't they? They they Oh, they—they—they they, they get a sore arm, but uh, oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. Get, sometimes get sick with the flu vaccine.
1: Yeah, touch wood. Um, I don't tend to uh, react too badly to flu, va- and and the COVID mm. vaccines didn't affect me that badly at all. Um, I think one of them, mm. I just—I think it was the second one. Yeah, I felt a bit rough for a couple of days, but nothing. Mm. Nothing too bad. Mind you, I mean. With my various medical conditions, <laughs> you mm. know, feeling rough is just a standard <laughs> day just, for yeah. me. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so to, to to give our listeners um, a bit of context, the reason we're talking about it is of course because the cases have gone up through the roof. Um and, Two and- weeks after. All the restrictions were lifted. Who well, could have it, foreseen that coming?
0: Yeah, but nil? actually, it's happened even faster than that, hasn't it? It's happened in less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the scientists said, "Well, we thought the lifting of restrictions would cause we'd see a, a spike in in cases, but it actually, it's come even faster than we expected, and they don't yep. know why. No, no, it
1: will." Because people knew that the restrictions were coming to an end and went out and did their own thing anyway. Because Perhaps. That's perhaps, human yeah. nature. It's like, well, you know, if it's going to be, you know, if I don't mm. have to wear my mask in three days, why am I wearing it today?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's there
1: is that arbitrariness to it, isn't there? That's the mentality of people.
0: And also, yeah, yeah Boris Johnson says, well, why should I listen to what? <laughs> he, he doesn't follow his own rules, so why should I follow him? i'm sure that i'm sure the party gate had a had a bearing on it i'm sure that when when all that came out that um that members of our government weren't weren't uh, following the rules that they'd they'd enforced on the rest of us i can imagine a lot of people just said well fuck it then i'm not Mm going to follow them yeah i'm going to go to a party yeah. Whereas I, so I look at Boris
1: Johnson lifting the restrictions. I'm like, fuck it. I'm still gonna stay indoors. I'm yeah. still gonna wear my mask. And you wearing a mask is that protecting other people, not yourselves. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting with all the the increase in cases and uh, and what have you. Nick Pope has been mysteriously quiet about all that.
0: Has mm. he? Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> Nick Pope do. I? Is is it, is it? I mean had he been vocal up to that point and then just suddenly
1: yeah he's a, he's he's a rabid anti-masker. Hmm. Is all about oh, but people he... can make their own choices about their own health fears now. Well no because like hmm you're making oh, choices for other immediate... people all the time. Yes, yeah. exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> So that's the message here, <laughs> listeners. That wearing a mask is not about protecting yourself, although it will give you some protection. But mainly, it's about protecting other people no, it's, from it's, you. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's about
0: yeah. And even if you've had it,
1: doesn't mean to say you're not carrying it. Mm.
0: Well, there mm. been there have been cases of people who got COVID, wasn't too bad. They recovered from it, and then a few months later, they got it again and died of it. Mm, yes, same strain.
1: Yes, yes, indeed.
0: So, yeah, just do yeah. be
1: careful out there when you're traveling, folks. And funnily enough, traveling is what we're here to talk about today. Did you like that segue, Neil?
0: that's very clever. I'm <laughs> um, impressed. Yeah,
1: um, yeah because uh, back in 2018, some satellite footage was found that showed a contrail, that's a condensed water trail. Uh, Basically, you know, when you look up and you see an airplane and it Mm. leaves this streaky line of cloud behind it that dissipates after about five to ten minutes. Well, one of these going from pole to pole. Mm. Now, I've got some...
0: Do they know which direction it was going in? Yes, it was going from north to south. Now, just to be clear, they didn't actually see the thing that made this contrail, did they? They just saw the contrail. A con- just a complete the contrail, contrail
1: itself. This from- was taken from satellite imagery. I think it was from the International Space Station, but I might be wrong about that. Right. I was more interested in the contrail itself, to be honest. But I, I seem to recall someone mentioning.
0: It's right, interesting. They saw that. They saw that. The, I mean, now contrails, as anyone who's looked up into the sky will know, you've seen a, a, a jet going over at high altitude. As you said, they don't stick around long. Apparently, they can stick around for up to half an hour, but usually they're gone in less than fifteen minutes. So,
1: yeah, I've never seen
0: one last a whole half hour. Well, you know, some of them they they do stick around. I don't know. I have never looked at it for half an hour. I guess I've never really. Did. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the implication of this is that some kind of vehicle travelled from Antarctica. Is it actually pole to pole, or is it somewhere in Antarctica to somewhere in the Arctic, than somewhere in the North Pole, mm-hmm. and and got there and travelled so quickly that it, its its contrail was completely intact by the time it had arrived.
1: Yeah. Do you, was, do you want the, some
0: contrail? Statistics thrown at you. Yes. Some yes, numbers. Do, always.
1: Yes. So the distance is approximately 12,000 miles. Mm. Now, if, if it lasted 30 minutes, mm. which, to be honest, when we talk about them dissipating, they become all fuzzy and hazy and they spread out. Mm. So, which is not what this contrail looked like at all. It looked... Crisp and clean, from top to bottom. I thought. Um, so, it, but so erring on the side of caution. Even if it was thirty minutes after, or it took thirty minutes to go from pole to pole, that is twenty-four thousand miles per hour.
0: If if
1: a control lasted half an hour, yes. If it yeah. if it took half an hour from mm. pole to pole. That is a speed of 24,000 miles
0: per hour. So realistically, we're probably talking more twice that speed than, say, 50,000 miles an hour.
1: That's that's probably close, yeah, for 15 minutes. I mean, even 15 minutes, I think, is pushing it because when you look at the images online of this contrail, it's not that. It's not fuzzy. And they do go fuzzy and dissipate and spread out, and it's not. I think we're talking... Even less than that, maybe within five minutes. Well, but that's that able, an estimation on my
0: part. Were they able to work out what altitude this would have been at?
1: Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. But even at 24,000 miles per hour, the fastest current aircraft in existence today mm. is the North American X 15 Neil. Mm-hmm. And flies at approximately 5,000 miles per hour. Mach 6.7.
0: Which is... Am I allowed to say fuck? It's, it's fucking fast.
1: <laughs> it is fucking yeah. fast. We say but, but fuck a lot By, on by, show. by <laughs>
0: comparison, uh, for, for American <laughs> our American listeners, our gun-owning American listeners, if you have an AR-15, the muzzle velocity of, of an AR-15 is something like 3,000 feet per second. Which is about two thousand miles per hour. Um, It's called, for those of us not Americans who don't know enough, don't know more about, don't know much about guns. The the muzzle velocity is um, obviously when you when you fire a round, the round is pushed up the barrel by the expanding gases. It's accelerating as it as it goes up the barrel. It's accelerating all the time until it comes free of the muzzle, and that's when the gases behind it will quickly dissipate. And it's simply a free-flying object subject to the laws of gravity and friction. So as the round comes out of the muzzle, that's when it's travelling the fastest. And that's about 2,000 miles an hour for a high-velocity round. Ah, that,
1: now does that explain... So my familiarity with guns starts and ends with Hollywood. But, or, right. or maybe video games as well. But when you mm. see people with these sniper rifles, they've always got mm. a really long barrel on them. Mm. Is that to give it as much acceleration as
0: possible? Then? Um, a, a longer barrel will give you... with uh, Up to a point, um, uh, the longer the barrel, um, the more power will be behind it. For instance, a 9 millimeter round fired from a submachine gun with a 6-inch barrel will... Will go further than, than the same round fired from a pistol with a three-inch barrel. Mm. So yeah, you will get more acceleration, but also also greater accuracy. A longer weapon will be more accurate right. over a long range. Okay, because you've you've got you kind of got more control, and and yeah, and as any gun owners will know, longer weapons are safer in the hands of novices. If you've got someone on a, on a range with a rifle. Um, especially, I mean, during military training, we would put them down in the prone position, and you'd be there with your rifle. It's not easy for you to turn around with your with your weapon and put other people in danger. If someone stood there with a pistol, it's really easy for them to start waving it around and mm. and it could go in any direction. So, so yeah, <laughs> it's. But yeah, so two thousand miles an hour, and we're talking about something going. Twenty-five times that speed. Now, something traveling at that speed wouldn't that have, wouldn't that have other effects? Wouldn't it generate tremendous heat? Tremendous friction as it passed through the air.
1: One would assume. Um,
0: yeah, I would have thought so. Now, there, there was a story in the news just last week about an asteroid, and um, they. It hit Earth, and that we've got the technology now. It was spotted before it before it hit us. Mm. We've we've now t- you know, all, all these films that oh, there's an asteroid on its way. It's, it's going to collide with us next year. Well, actually, they only you know, got a heads up a couple of minutes beforehand. This thing was the the measurements were weird because the the measurement they gave measurements in feet and in metric, um, but they didn't match up. <laughs> they said it was um, six to nine feet across. Um, or three to four meters well three to four meters is 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 nine to twelve feet across so you're talking a a, a relatively small lump of rock and it it, it landed on um it hit a a, a norwegian island uh, pre- presumably uninhabited and th- they said that the explosion that it, it caused by by impact was i think it was was it half of a hiroshima or a quarter of a hiroshima it's a pretty big bang mm. for a, a small object, but travelling at, at those kinds of cosmic speeds. That's what happens when it... Because when, when air is compressed, um, it heats up. Anyone who's pumped up a bicycle tire will know. You stop pumping. As the air gets compressed, the pump starts getting hot in your hand. And that's because as an object passes through the air, it's kind of pushing the air molecules. Air isn't just empty space. It's full of air molecules. Mm. And it's pushing the molecules out of the way. If you've got an object moving, a, a large object, then air will get trapped in front of it and it will start getting compressed and it will start heating up. And if it's a very, very fast-moving object, then basically before before an asteroid strikes, everything, you know, the second before it strikes, everything on the ground just gets frazzled, just gets wiped out because the air, the, the air is superheated mm. ahead of it. Yes it's, it's compressed um so I'm thinking that whatever made this contra would have generated you know, traveling at fifty thousand miles an hour and presumably something more than more than six feet or two meters across um yeah that's that's kind of I would have thought that would have left other traces of its passage well it it, it all i would have thought depends on
1: aerodynamics so I mean we mentioned the north American x15 traveling at mm. 5,000 miles an hour. Um, I mean, yeah, I imagine that the front end of that gets pretty warm, but um, mm. but obviously it's shaped such to, to, to minimize that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a reasonable thing to say, whatever it was that was traveling, either got very hot or there was a technology involved that dissipated the heat or Stopped um, that from happening, displaced the air molecules, perhaps. Do, do they know what altitude it was at? They don't. Well, not that I've seen anywhere.
0: Um, because there must be. I, th- I think you can only create a, a contrail at a certain altitude, can't you? That if if the plane's flying low, I don't know if it does it create a contrail. for a low flying planes, it have to be a certain height, and obviously I think, you know, it's I think above a certain height. A- well, yeah, you, you, you,
1: um, if you're leaving the atmosphere, you're not going to get the contrail. Um, mm. No, I think you're right. I think it's only within, yeah, it's only above a certain. It, it's your, it's your, the plane that you get on holiday to Barbados in that sort of height. Um, so you're talking 30,000 30 30, to, 30 to,
0: 30 to fifty thousand feet. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, that is high enough that if this thing was getting absolutely hot, yeah, would we even be aware? Um, and we don't know how big this object would have been either. I mean, it's it's. No. I can see it being possible that at, at very fast speeds, it creates a much bigger contrail than the object itself. Well,
0: would you even see something travelling at 50,000 miles an hour, 80,000 kilometres per hour? I'd struggle too. If it was large, to. you might. If it was large and far away, I mean, when you look up in, into into space, you're seeing things. You know, yeah, but relatively
1: things, speaking, I mean, we're talking like say a distance of twelve thousand
0: miles, and the route it took was pretty much. Was it pretty much over the Atlantic, or did not it cross a, across Western Africa at one point?
1: It did it. It did at one point, um, but yeah, it was mostly over water.
0: Now, uh, I have to broach another, uh, a related topic, not contrails but chemtrails, which, oh, yes. um, which yeah, there are lots of conspiracy theories about. There um, are um, people who look at these. What are contrails? And say, so, well, that's not a contrail. That's that's actually chemicals being sprayed into the atmosphere. We're either under some kind of chemical or biological attack, or it's it's they're, they're messing with our it's LSD so it's usually or they're mind messing with control, weather, control, isn't it? Mind control stuff. But um, but what prompts it is what what prompts people to say that's not a contrail, that's a chemtrail, is because it seems to hang around for much much longer. That's what they, you know, or when you get lots of lots of them crisscrossing each other in the sky. So, is it possible that that actually, although they say, you know, a, a contrail can last up to half an hour, but it's usually gone after about ten or fifteen minutes. But actually, under certain circumstances, they can hang around a lot lot longer, and that's what people are seeing when they when they report a chemtrail. I.
1: Now, just to stick my own stake in the ground here, I mm. don't believe for one moment in chemtrails.
0: Um, I don't, and in fact, um, Edward Snowden, who who worked, for you know, who was deeply embedded with the CIA, said he looked into this whole business and never found anything about in, in, anything in in any CIA files about it. Um, but, but what I'm suggesting is that not not so much that the the government or someone is is spraying things in the atmosphere which takes the form of um like a contrail but it hangs around longer that what i'm saying is that under certain circumstances actually contrails last a lot longer than than people say they can last well, for hours under the right circumstances
1: i have n- never personally seen a contrail last for hours what I have seen, and, yeah, I mean, mm. we live not too far from Heathrow, being close mm. to London, uh, so we do see quite a few aircraft in the sky mm. around us. Actually, they're living this much closer, we don't see that many uh, actual con- contrails. But certainly when I live Bristol um, and Swindon, which is more, mm. it's, it's a westerly di- uh, direction from London. Um it's about sort of seventy miles out from from London. Hmm. Um see you, you did see a lot of lot of contrails, and what you would quite often get is you get an airplane go over and it'd leave a contrail, and hmm. then ten minutes later you'd get another aeroplane going in exactly the same direction, <laughs> leaving another contrail. So it's perfectly reasonable that So it's the same Contrail getting refreshed but basically yeah yeah
0: yeah but I, I there, think there are... when
1: people are seeing them for a lengthy period of time uh, airplanes tend to follow the same same flight pattern same routes um but yeah when you actually look at contrails yeah they they dissipate pretty quick I I can see that no. I'm I'm no meteorologist um, at all but there is a sense of logic to it with me that different contrails depending on uh, humidity levels depending on altitude depending on air density all this kind of thing are going to affect how long the contrails going to last so you're going to oh. get variation pure logic says that um but yeah lasting hours nah i've, I've never known that i have seen Multiple aircraft go the same direction, though. <laughs> so. mm.
0: But that, that was only explain what people are misidentifying as chemtrails. They're, they're saying, "Well, the reason it's staying up there for so long is because it's not condensed air; it's actually some sort of chemical up there that's been sprayed." Um, but even that would dissipate, wouldn't it? I mean, that's that's the whole point. But uh, yeah, that yeah, that that is it's actually several aircraft renewing the same. That, that's my the theory. Contrail. Okay. I, that's uh, what. It... Yeah. I, 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 the whole chemtrail thing, no. But also, but I mean, <laughs> there, there aren't many flights between Antarctica and the North Pole, are there? There there aren't.
1: Um, now, we haven't mentioned the idea of experimental craft. Um, but still, flying that sort of speed. In 2025, Lockheed Martin are... Um, hoping to unveil a new aircraft that will be the fastest ever. Um, and that they're hoping it's going to achieve speeds of Mark 7. Well, that's well, not much faster than the North American X-15.
0: Well, I can think of another aircraft that's faster than the North American X-15 by a long chalk, and that's the Space Shuttle. Now, how
1: now, how is long does the-
0: that... How long does a space shuttle take to orbit the Earth? It can do it pretty quickly, can't it? A couple of hours. Can it? Yeah. Once it's in space, it's moving at at the kinds of speeds an aircraft flying through the atmosphere could never reach.
1: But is it going um, against the spin of the Earth? Basically using the Earth's spin to go around
0: quicker? (laughs) Possibly, yeah. You know, like
1: Superman did in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to turn d- 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 back d- d- time
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. the yeah. edge there I, I don't think they're actually affecting the um, the, the rate of spin or changing, changing how would we direction. know Neil how would yeah. we know yeah. but yeah obviously if you want to do an orbit of the earth say okay we're over we're over Los Angeles now. How long will it take? Let's let's do a quick one. It will be faster if we go this way because we'll <laughs> be and actually, yeah. And if you go the other way, of course, the the Earth is turning with you. You've got to go faster than the Earth is turning. So I guess, yes, yeah. There's there's that. Yeah, that's probably ha- mainly how it's achieved. You're using the the Earth's rotation because because you and
1: Are I they? know Neil that Father Christmas does the opposite. He goes with the Earth's spin. That's why he's able to get around the world in one night.
0: Absolutely, yes. Mm. Starting <laughs> in the in the Southern Hemisphere and then the Northern Hemisphere, you've got longer nights. So Absolutely. We know that's how Father Christmas works. <laughs> so I'm thinking Yeah. Um, it's an I, interesting one. It yeah, I'm 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 more inclined to think it's some sort of natural phenomenon, some kind of something caused by air pressure or whatever that's done something weird to, to clouds. I know, I know it's I know it's an odd thing that goes all the way Oh, was it all the way around the Earth? Did they? Uh, were they yeah, no, we can only that?
1: see the one side. Yeah. So, don't know.
0: That actually the other could side be the Earth have been in darkness? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of weather condition of the Atlantic that, but. You know, but it is a straight
1: line, and and that suggests yeah, speed the as well. Because, like you said, the Earth is spinning. So either it was in a sort of geosynchronous path, so basically on an angle mm. to, to create a straight line up and down, uh, moving with the Earth's spin, or it was just so fast that it doesn't matter how fast the Earth was going. Mm. Well,
0: the Earth is going pretty fast. Yeah. You know, no, the, know. Earth, the Earth is what? Twenty-four, twenty—is it twenty-six thousand miles of its circumference um, on the equator? Twenty, so it's twenty-four thousand miles. Well, it gets around that in a day, so that's a thousand miles an hour. Mm. I was You're thinking of the, um,
1: uh, or what's it called, the, the astronomer's song, you know, from Monty Python. Mm. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving, revolving at 900 miles miles an hour. There you go.
0: (laughs) But depending on where you're standing.
1: Yes, yes. It's going to be less at the poles and more Mm. at the equator. Um, I'm going to throw one last thing at you before we summarise, Neil. Okay. Do you remember a few episodes ago we discussed Admiral Byrd?
0: Yes, yes. His
1: hollow earth thing that uh, that happened back in March 19... Well, it happened back in 1947. And in March 1947, when he wrote up his report, Mm. he said... um, It's not a direct quote, I'm slightly paraphrasing, Mm. but he said that they had encountered a new enemy that could fly pole to pole in an
0: instant. Hmm. Seems didn't, to have been borne out by this. Didn't, image. didn't he claim to have done some sort of battle down in the down? Did. in the Antarctic with either with um, either with um, the remnants Nazis of the or Nazis, Nazis yeah. or, uh, or extraterrestrials. Yeah, or uh, an unholy alliance of the two.
1: Could be. I mean, the whole Nordic alien thing is. Uh,
0: yeah, that's
1: mm. Mm. But That seems to have been borne out by this. This trail, I would say. So um, let's summarise then. <laughs> I mean, you, you so put forward the theory: it some weird kind of weather formation that we've not seen before. Mm. Is that your?
0: Yeah. <laughs> then we might find actually it's a lot more common than we realised.
1: But it's not we, a contrail. We do take a lot of satellite images, and that—that's why I mm. I personally i'm kind of ruling out the weather pattern thing because we have a lot of satellite images of the planet and if it mm. was if it was a weather pattern we'd have
0: seen it before yeah i i also just thinking of the way things fly i mean we being Europeans, we often go on very short flights. We'll fly from London to Amsterdam or something, and almost at no point is the plane flying horizontal. It it, it climbs to its its cruising altitude, and then after a a, a minute or so, begins its descent. Mm. Yes. Um. Well, that contrail, we don't know the altitude, but but surely, someone flying that distance, they would be. They would be g- gaining height as quickly as they could. Obviously, that that would save. And unless that's there's some technology that where that's not a consideration, but um, you know, in a, in a plane, if you're flying a long distance, you want to be as high as you you can because you're more fuel efficient where the air is thinner. Yes. So that wouldn't leave a consistent control, would it? If you were going from sort of ground level up to say a hundred, two hundred thousand feet, and then descending again. I think um I mean where the
1: poles are, it would mm. be fairly it it kind of it would show as an insignificant distance on a satellite image of the planet as a whole, mm. and the distance required to get up to a cruising altitude and back down from it. Mm. It it would look like a sheer cliff from uh from a satellite image. Mm. Because they do get up to mm. height fairly quickly. I mean, like you say, you you know, yeah, we we fly over to France, and you know, the plane really can't even get up to a cruising height. No, um, but if we're going to Germany, say yes, it might mm. get up to a cruising height.
0: But I mean, they even though when when they're serving drinks, if you're on a plane where they're serving drinks and refreshments, that they will they will be pushing the trolley from from the the front of the plane down to the down to the rear, fore for to aft, because they're, they're pushing it downhill. And then as the plane's making its descent, where they have to wheel it back, they the plane's pointing <laughs> downwards, so they're, they're pushing it downhill again. <laughs> yeah, you see yeah. it, don't you? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but yeah
1: no, I, I get what you're saying. But I think, you know, let's not forget how big the poles are as, mm. as continents. They are pretty huge. Um, I think. And it's like you said, we don't know if this thing has actually come around. So has it come from the other side of the planet Hmm. and gone to the other side of the planet, you know, on the other side? We don't really know. Um, Well, I'm going to stick my stake in the ground and say I haven't got a clue. Um, (laughs) I think it is either some sort of extraterrestrial craft or it is reverse-engineered from extraterrestrial craft. So perhaps human-built, but
0: not human design. Um, I'm going to stick my stake in the ground and say I don't think we have anything that can approach those speeds, and I don't think any technology has been developed whereby a human being could survive travelling at those speeds. Uh, we do have automated
1: Drones and things. Yeah,
0: it 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 wouldn't be carrying a passenger at at that kind of speed. Um, But I'm going more with weather phenomenon.
1: What do you think, though, listeners? We always like to hear your thoughts on these things. Is Neil right? Is it just... A matter of weather? Of course it is, right. Have we, have we spent an entire episode just discussing the weather? We are British, after all. Yes. Um, or is it something more involved? You can let us know exactly what you think via the usual means. You can email us, explored at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you are one of our Patreon members at any tier you gain exclusive access to our Discord server where you can chat with us and like-minded people about any of the episodes we discuss and anything else uh, UFO-related as well. Uh, You can find all our various tiers with lots and lots of lovely rewards, um, something for most people there, I think, uh, at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored and as ever link will be in the description Join us next time though when we will be discussing uh, quite a famous author in the field of ufology someone else you see quite often on the documentaries with that Nick Pope bloke Um, this time we'll be discussing (laughs) Richard Dolan Richard Dolan (laughs) Richard Dolan so that's one not to miss in the meantime keep watching those contrails chemtrails and call them what you will and the sky but in the skies not and the skies in the skies until next time take care bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls Music by Darren Nafuchi and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit AliensExplored.com.